The title of my message tonight is a continuation from last week. I don't know how long I'll be in this place, but the title is Kareth Brook, The Place of Obedience. Last week, we began our look into Elijah's life and his preparation for ministry, and we'll continue to do that tonight and over the the next couple weeks. And like I stated last week, if you know anything about Elijah, Kareth Brook is where it all began. Kareth Brook was Elijah's spiritual boot camp. It was his training ground, and it was his proving ground as well. You see, every one of us, before God elevates us and before God takes us to higher places, before God puts his anointing on us and his power upon us, he will lead us to a proving ground. Amen. He will take us to a a spiritual boot camp like Elijah was. But Kareth Brook is where Elijah was prepared for a powerful place of ministry and service to the Lord. It's the place where God prepared him to be fit and ready for every good work that would come his way and that God would call him to, amen? And we've been called to be fit and ready just the same. The reality is if we want to be elevated to useful purposes, if we want to be profitable to the master, if we want to be honorable and fit and ready for every good work, then we have to learn from Elijah and we have to make our way to Kareth Brook just like he did, to that place of preparation and that place of obedience to God. Amen? Just like Christ had to make his way to the Garden of Gethsemane in order to be prepared for the cross, and just like Elijah had to make his way to Kareth Brook, so must we make our way to to our place of obedience as well. And that's what we're going to look at this evening. Amen. Kareth Brook, the place of obedience. But one more time, let's pray and just ask the Lord to be with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in this place tonight. I thank you that you've given me a word. I thank you that your people are here, Father God. I'm thankful that your spirit and your presence is in this place. So now, God, I pray as we always do that your anointing would rest upon me, that truth and revelation would come forth from my lips. Father God, I pray that you would come against every hindering spirit, any spirit of distraction, Lord God, and that you would give us ears to hear and hearts that are willing to receive and, and act even more importantly, God, because we want to be doers of your word and not hearers only. We don't want to deceive ourselves into thinking we're something when we're not, God, but teach us to be doers of your word this evening, Father, because as we do your word, we find blessings in our life, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name, amen. First Kings chapter 17, verse two through set, or 1 through 6. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the land for the next few years, except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have ordered ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord told him. He went to to the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan and he stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. And you know how I like to recap just to get us up to par. But last week, the first thing we learned was what it would take for the word of the Lord to come into our life like it came into Elijah's life in verse 3. If you look at verse 3, it tells us the word of the Lord came to Elijah. 
We learned and will continue to learn today what it takes for that to happen in our lives. What it will take for us to eat bread and meat in the morning and bread and the meat in the evening. Amen. And the very first prerequisite for that to happen, for the supernatural provision of God or the protection of God or the power of God to come into our life like He came into Elijah's life, is for us to be faithful servants of the Lord. If you remember, in verse 1, Elijah clearly identifies himself with God. He takes personal ownership of God. He, he, he reveals to, to Ahab and to those that are reading the, the passages that he is a servant of God. Elijah makes it clear to Ahab that he serves the God of Israel. Ahab served Baal. But Elijah made it clear that he served only the God of Israel. Like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Elijah proclaimed the same. He was virtually saying the same thing to Ahab. I don't care what laws you, 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 you put in place. I don't care what idols you erect here in the land of Canaan. I, I don't care who you serve. I serve only the God of Israel. I serve Jehovah. And because of it, what we learned is that God's word came to him, church. His words were empowered as well. You see, the reality is unless we're a faithful servant of the Lord, the divine direction of God won't come into our lives and He won't empower our words. But if you want your words to be empowered and you want your prayers to be empowered, if you want your witness and your testimony to be empowered, you have to be a faithful servant of the Lord. Otherwise, we learn your prayers, your words, your testimony, the words you speak, they have no power in your life. So that's the first thing that we learned. Secondly, we learned that we must be willing to lead. We must be willing to azove was what we learned, to forsake, to disregard or dismiss. We must be willing to get up from where we are and go forward. Remember the first word God spoke to uh, Elijah in verse 3 was leave. The very first command that he spoke, the word that he gave him was to leave, church. And if we want to eat bread and meat in the morning... If we want to eat bread and meat in the evening, if we want to drink from the brook and find spiritual sustenance in our life, we must be willing to leave as well. We must be willing to leave this world. We must be willing to leave sin. We must be willing to leave the old man. We must be willing to leave complacency and and our place of, of comfort, church. We must be willing to leave the hurts and the pains of the past. We must be willing to leave behind bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. We must be willing to leave yesterday behind and press on for the future. Thirdly, if we want the supernatural power and provision and protection of God to come into our life, we must keep our face turned eastward. Turn and go eastward, God spoke to Elijah. And I'm rushing through this because we've already learned it. But as we learned, eastward always faces the Father. Eastward always points toward heaven. Eastward always faces eternity. And the only way that you and I will ever be fit and ready for kingdom work, the only way you and I will ever be fit and ready to receive the goodness of God and the provisions of God and the blessings of God in our life is to have our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith. It's to have our eyes and our hearts fixed toward God and fixed towards eternity. Amen. Lastly, we learned that if we want bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, if we want daily sustenance is what I'm referring to, both physically and and spiritually in our life, we must be willing to hide ourselves in Christ. We must be willing to go hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan, just like Elijah was commanded. He said, go hide yourself. And we learned why he needed to hide because the enemy would soon be hot on his trails and God cares for our people. But if we want to find what Elijah found, 
We have to be willing to hide ourselves in Jesus Christ. Amen? We have to be willing to hide ourselves in what I'm calling tonight a place of obedience, church. Because this is the beginning of blessing. This, what we looked at last week, is the foundation for God's favor in our life. This is how we eat bread and meat in the morning and meat and bread in the evening and how we drink from the brook whenever we choose to, church. But what we also have to see is that there is yet another prerequisite to God's supernatural sustenance found in this passage of Scripture. Beyond what we've learned, there's yet another prerequisite to God's power and God's provision and God's protection coming into our life. And it's outlined in verse 5, part A. And it's when it's, uh, it's where it says, So he, Elijah, did what the Lord told him to do. He went to Gareth Brook, church. Simply put, God spoke and Elijah obeyed. Amen. This is what we find in verse 5. And this is the key. This is the, the catalyst to, to Elijah, in my opinion, receiving the provisions and the protection and the power of God in his life. It's because he obeyed. Just like Noah did everything the Lord commanded him concerning the ark, just like Moses did everything he was told concerning the tabernacle, so did Elijah obey the word of the Lord that came to him, and he was blessed because of it. He was sustained because of it. When we go through this, you'll find that he was sustained by the supernatural power of God. You'll find that because he obeyed the Lord, he was anointed because of it, and he was elevated to a higher place of ministry. You'll find that because of his obedience, because he obeyed the command of the, the Lord and obeyed the word of the Lord, he was chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. But Elijah was chosen because he found his way to this place of obedience. We'll also find that he was protected for not just days, not just weeks, but for months he was protected from Ahab because he had a spirit of obedience about him, church. God said, go hide in the Kareth ravine. And he did just as the Lord, has instru Lord instructed him. And the reality is you and I have to do the same. When God speaks into our life, we have to obey. If we want all of the things that Elijah experienced in his life, if we want that anointing, if we want the power to pray a double portion anointing on someone else, we have to have a spirit of obedience about us and we must be willing to go to our own Kareth Brook Church. Please look at it. Elijah experienced God's promise from verse 4 in verse 6 because of verse 5. And I don't want to throw you off track there. But Elijah experienced God's promise that is outlined in verse 4. Read it. In verse 4, it says that you will drink from the brook and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. That's the promise. That's the promise that God made, that there would be drink and there would be meal at Kareth Brook east of the Jordan. And he receives that promise in verse 6. Read it. He gets the bread, he gets the meat, he drinks from the brook only because of verse 5, only because he obeyed the word of the Lord. The reality is if there's, without verse 5, you got no verse 6. Without verse 5, without the obedience, you've got no bread, you've got no meat, you've got no drink. You've got no power, you've got no sus substance or sustenance, you've got no anointing, you've got no favor, you've not got no call. You don't have anything without verse 5. I want you to see that verse 5 is the catalyst for God's power to be, to be uh, procured in, in Elijah's life. 
And if we want any of that, verse 5 has to be at the heart of our soul. It has to be at the heart of our spiritual life. If we're not willing to do what the Word of the Lord says, we can't experience anything God has for us. He spoke the Word. He, he, he spoke the promise. Elijah obeyed. And guess what? That promise was made manifest in his life. And the same truth applies to us. This is the order in which God works. This is the order in which God operates, church. Because he followed God's instruction. Listen, because he left and went eastward and hid in the Kareth Ravine, he received the promise of God in verse 6. This is the order in which God operates. This is the order in which we receive God's blessings in our life. And so often we want to jump from hearing the word of God to receiving the blessing. And we're not willing to go to our Kareth Brook. We're not willing to do the word of the Lord. We're not willing to hide ourselves in Him. We're not willing to heed His word. And then we wonder where the blessings are. We wonder where the provisions are. We, we leave out that obedience part of the story. But without obedience, church, we can't receive what God has for us. I know that, that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and, and the evidence of things not seen. But without obedience, listen, you can have all the faith you want. But without obedience, the substance and the evidence will never show up in your life. You can have all the faith that you want in God, but unless you have a spirit of obedience, you're keeping those things from being manifested in your life. Elijah received God's promise in his life. He received a supernatural uh, provision from... This was a miracle, and we'll look at it in just a moment. But he received a miracle in his life, a higher call in his life. He received the anointing of God and the power of God and the supernatural protection of God in his life simply because he obeyed. That's the power of obedience. And it's exactly where God calls us to. Remember, God spoke to his people in Deuteronomy eleven twenty six, and he said, See, I place before you today a blessing and a curse. He took them into the, the valley of Moab and he pointed to Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Mount Ebal being the, the, the mountain of curses and Gerizim being the mountain of blessings. And he, he gave them a, a visual picture. I place before you today a blessing and a curse. You'll live on the mountain of the blessings if you obey my words and do them. If you heed my words and keep my commands, you will live on this mountain, the mountain of blessings. But if you, you disobey my words, if you don't heed my words, if you don't listen to what I tell you, you will live on that mountain of curses. And if you study the Bible, and I don't want to get off track, they used to have to, they, he would have half the tribe climb up this mountain and shout the blessings, and he would have half the tribe climb this mountain and shout out the curses. And the sad reality is there's a lot of people in the house of God living on the mountain of curses simply because they're not obeying, simply because they're not experiencing. Curses are being, oh, get this, curses are being spoken over their life because they're not obeying. It's not God's fault. It's their fault. They have chosen to live on the mountain of disobedience, church. And that's why no good thing is coming into their life. We've got to, we've got to be willing to go to our Kareth Brook, which is that place of obedience. When we are faithful, God speaks divine direction into our life. When we are faithful, this is the process. When we are faithful, God speaks 
When we're faithful, God reveals. When we are faithful, God gives divine direction. He speaks an order. He speaks something into our life. And when we heed that instruction, when we follow that word, when we become doers of that word instead of hearers only, then He releases His blessings into our life. And this is the order in which God operates and we cannot afford to forget it. But the sad reality is the main reason so many of God's people or so-called people aren't receiving the blessing. They're not receiving the anointing. They're not receiving the favor. They're not receiving God's covering over their life, their marriage, their family, their finances. They're not receiving physical or even spiritual protection in their life. The main reason they aren't finding sustenance for their soul or for their physical life is because they are not obeying the word of the Lord. They're not doing what God tells them to do, church. They haven't made their way to the brook of obedience and then they wonder why they're still thirsty. There's a lot of people in the house of God that are still hungry and still thirsty for one reason only. They're not doing what God called them to do. They're not obeying the word of the Lord. That's why most people in the house of God are spiritually hungry and thirsty. Because they're not obeying the word of the Lord. Listen, if you're lacking somewhere in your life, if you're still, if you're still thirsty, if you're still hungry, listen, don't misunderstand me. We should always have a hunger for God. We should always have a thirst for God. Like the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. But you will never find the refreshing. You will never find the sustenance. You will never find the nourishment of his bread if you are not in Careth Brook, the brook of obedience. If we're not willing to go there, if we don't have a spirit of obedience, church. The word came to Elijah and he obeyed, the Bible says. And the reality is the word has come to us as well in the form of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he was full of mercy, full of grace, full of truth. But the problem is far too many of God's people aren't following Jesus. They're not obeying him. The word has come to us. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And far too many of us are not following the word. We're not living according to the word. The spiritual word, the physical word, this word right here. We're not yielding to the word, not following his command. We're not following in his footsteps. And we wonder why we're thirsty and we wonder why we're hungry, church. Because we're not obeying. We're not doing what He says. I'm not talking about you specifically, but I believe with all of my heart that the church as a whole today is not following God. They're not doing the will of the Lord. They're not following His instructions or His promises, church. Listen, the Bible tells us, the Word tells us, Jesus tells us, God tells us that we're not to be conformed to this world. But the church looks like the world, talks like the world, acts like the world. He tells us to not be unequally yoked. But we find that that believers are yoking themselves to scoffers and sinners and unbelievers left and right. He tells us not to fornicate. But we jump in the sack anyway. We have sex anyway. We shack up anyway. And we wonder why we're thirsty. And we wonder why we're hungry. He tells us not to have kids out of wedlock, but we go ahead and have them in sin and disobedience anyway, church. And we wonder why we're hungry and we wonder why we're thirsty because we're not doing what God calls us to do. He tells us to forsake the flesh, but we satisfy it and gratify it every day. And we wonder why we're thirsty and we wonder why we're hungry. We wonder why there's no bread in the meat in the morning and no bread and meat at night. We wonder why we got to beg for money here and beg and borrow there and call this person here and call that person there because we're not obeying 
the Word of the Lord. It's why our cupboards are bare physically and spiritually, church. We come into the house of God empty. When we should be pouring out, we come in empty. Our spiritual cupboard is bare because we're not obeying God. We, all of us, as the body of Christ. I'm not exalting myself above anybody else. I'm letting you know there's times I do not do God's will for my life. And I find myself in a dry, hungry place. I find myself thirsty. And I have to do something about it. And we as body of Christ have to as well. Please understand, He speaks His Word to us. But we don't obey. And it's why we're not being blessed. It's why there's no spiritual, physical bread, like I said, or meat in our households. Because we're living like those in the the day of Ezekiel. Those who said they were God's people. And they said in Ezekiel chapter 33, 31 and 32, they gathered together at the doorposts, the Bible says. And they said, let us go to the house of the Lord and hear what it is that the Lord will speak to us today. And God says to Elijah, and they come as my people come. They come to church like my people would come to church. They, they sit in the seat as my, my people sit in the seat. And they hear the word that comes forth from your mouth, Ezekiel. But they do not do it, he said. You're nothing more to them than a fine musician who entertains them, God said. They hear your words, but they do not put it into practice. And the sad reality is this same exact thing happens today. I'm not saying you. But I'm saying the house of God on Sunday mornings and Wednesday night is filled with individuals who are coming only to be entertained. They want to hear some nice music. They want to dance. They want to clap. They want to shout. They want to be motivated. They want to run around. Listen, there's nothing wrong with clapping. Nothing wrong with shouting. I'll be the one right there in with you. Nothing wrong with getting excited about the presence of the Lord. But listen to me. It means diddly squat if we're not willing to receive the word and do what it says. All of it becomes false fire in God's eyes. All of the dancing, all of the clapping, all of the rejoicing, all of it becomes false fire if we do not do what He says. This is God's Word, church. And we wonder why we're hungry. We wonder why we're thirsty. Because the house of God, listen, listen, we are living, the house of God, the people of God have a consumer mentality anymore. It's not in my notes, but it's where we are. We're so used to going to the theater. We're so used to going to the movies. We're so used to sitting in a restaurant where we are served. We come into the house of God and we want the same thing. We want to be entertained. With the music, and there's nothing wrong with all of this stuff. And I pray God's anointing is on it all the time. But the anointing is on this so that we will receive this so that we can do this. You understand, this is the cake. This is just the icing. This is the cake. This is the cake. This is the icing. But so many of us, again, I don't want to linger here, but we come in, all we want is the icing. Want the icing, but we don't want the cake. Now, I know there's a lot of you out there, you want the cake too. I want the cake too, amen? But we have to be careful. 
is my point. When we come into the house of God, the most important thing is that we receive the Word of God, church. We have to become doers of the Word and not hearers only because the Bible tells us that hearers only, they deceive themselves. They deceive themselves into thinking that they will receive a blessing. They deceive themselves into thinking that they're going to receive the provision and the promise and the blessing and the protection of God in their life. They deceive themselves into thinking they're going to have bread and meat in the morning and bread and the meat in the evening and that they can drink from the brook whenever they want. And that's a lie. It's not true. Unless we are doers of the word, God turns off the spigot. You might think you're drinking from, you might think, you might think you're drinking from living waters, but in all reality, you're drinking from a cesspool. Because God will not turn on the living waters that come, that flow from Emmanuel's veins. He won't, he won't open up those valves. He won't open up that flow to the disobedient heart. He only allows those things to flow into the heart that's faithful, into the heart that obeys the word of the Lord, church. That's what we have to understand. Those that are hearers and not doers, they deceive themselves into thinking they will inherit the kingdom of God. When we've learned over the last few weeks that they'll find themselves being thrust out because they didn't obey, church. We must obey. So he did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. Listen, Elijah obeyed and because of it he was blessed. He obeyed and because of it he found supernatural sustenance. This wasn't just ordinary sustenance. This was supernatural sustenance. He obeyed and because of it he procured God's promise in his life. Think about it. A raven delivered bread and meat in the morning two times a day according to the word of the Lord. Not I, I, What I mean is not just according to what you read. It was according to the word of the Lord that ravens would deliver meat and bread to a specific place. Ravens, church. A scavenger who was created to eat grain, created to eat meat, created to eat leftovers, was ordered by God to deliver that same exact food to the same place he commanded Elijah to go. To the same place he commanded Elijah to go. And here's what you have to understand. Unless Elijah obeyed the word of the Lord like the ravens did, he'd have gone hungry. Unless he obeyed the word of the Lord like like a, a raven or a simple bird followed the commands of the Lord, he would not have found the supernatural provision of God. He would have never procured his promise. He would have missed out on the miracle and he would have never eaten the bread or the meat. He would have never found God's supernatural sustenance. Please understand this, and I don't want to lose you here. Whether Elijah went to the ravine or not, whether he obeyed the word of the Lord or not, whether he followed the instruction of the Lord or not, the bread would have still been there. The bread would have still been on the table, and the meat would have still been on the menu. The bread would have still been on the plate, and the meat would have still been on the meat. The silverware would have been there. The, the napkins would have been there. The service of the Lord would have been in that place, whether Elijah went or not. Understand, these, these were two separate commands that were given. 
I told you that, that he commanded the birds. When he commanded the birds, God spoke a promise. And how many of you know God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he'll change his mind. When he speaks, he acts. When he promises, he fulfilled. In verse 4, God spoke a promise that there would be drink and there would be meat and there would be bread. And whether Elijah followed the word of God or not, that bread would have been there. That blessing would have been there. That supernatural sustenance would have been there, church. And the sad reality is far too many of us are missing God's blessing, missing God's sustenance, missing that supernatural meal that God's providing for us because we're not where we're supposed to be. You see, the reality is, like I said, someone will always enjoy God's promise. God's promise will never go to waste. You either get to enjoy it, or the birds get to enjoy it, or the beasts of the field get to enjoy it, or the enemy gets to enjoy it. Just like they did in the land of Canaan in the promised land. And the next time I preach on Sunday morning, I think that's where I'm going. But I want you to know, I want you to know right now that what we have to understand is that those meals were provided. They were there. It was two separate commands. The birds command, the birds obeyed, and unless Elijah obeyed, he would have missed it, church. And the saddest reality is, there God has a table of blessings. There God has a table of provision. There God has a table of power. There, there is a place where everything we need can be found, and it's in that place of obedience, church. And so, unfortunately, far too often, the enemy is enjoying what God has for us because we leave verse 5 out of our life, because we do not do what God has called us to do. And we don't go where God has called us to go. The only way that Elijah could have procured that promise was for him to be there as well. In verse 4, I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Get that. I've ordered the ravens to feed you there. He didn't say, Elijah, I've ordered the ravens to feed you wherever you choose to go. He didn't say, Elijah, I've ordered the ravens to follow you around and wherever you choose to settle and wherever you choose to plop down your tent, wherever you choose to call home, I'll have the ravens feed you. He didn't say that. He didn't say, he didn't say, uh, wherever you, you, you get tired and sit down on your way to this place of obedience, He didn't say halfway there. He said there at Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, there will be your meat and there will be your bread. You see, again, far too often we stop short. We're halfway there. We stop halfway to God's will. We do half of God's will. And then we wonder, God, where's the blessing? Where's the promise? Where's the provision? Well, it's exactly where I told it to be. You're just not there. You get what I'm saying, church? Far too often we're missing the blessings because we're stopping short of God's will. We think it's enough to go halfway. It's not. Complete obedience is complete obedience. And without complete obedience, it's full disobedience. This is what we have to understand. This is where there... So where's the there that we were speaking of? Or where's the there that God was speaking of? It was in the place of obedience. It was in the place of God's will. It was in that place that was according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord, there was a specific place that this supernatural sustenance would be found. It was in a special place, church. It was in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. 
So what we have to understand is that spiritual food and spiritual power and spiritual provision and spiritual protection in our life can only be found in the place of obedience. It's at Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan, in that place, like I said, that was according to the word of the Lord. And unless you and I are willing to do the Lord's will, unless we're willing to go to that place that's according to to the word of the Lord, we're going to miss out on what God has for us. Every one of us in this house... At one point or the other, God has given you some instruction. God has spoken His Word. God has given you something to guide you and lead you through your life. And unless you follow those words, you're not going to end up where God wants you to end up. Unless you follow the Lord's words, you're going to end up in a pig pen instead of of where, where you can receive everything that God has for you, church. The only place that we can find what God has for us is where He's commanded that blessing to be. And it's in that place of obedience. Listen, Elijah, if Elijah disobeyed, if he disobeyed the word of the Lord, if he would have gone to another place like Jonah disobeyed God when God told him to go to Nineveh and he went decided that he wanted to go to Tarshish instead, if Elijah disobeyed like Jonah disobeyed when God told him to go to Nineveh, Elijah would have been swallowed up, in my opinion, by the famine of Canaan. You see, there was a reason God told Elijah to go where he was, because there was a famine about to sweep the land. There was, there was a, a drought and a famine that was about to sweep over the land. And I'm telling you, according to my study, is if Elijah would not have gone to that place, he would have been swallowed up by the famine that was brought on a wicked nation because they had turned their back on God. He would have suffered the same lot that they did if he disobeyed. He would have been swallowed up by by the famine of Canaan, or I'm calling it the famine of disobedience. Listen, there is a famine of disobedience that can overtake your life and swallow you whole. It has the power, disobedience has the power to swallow you up. Just like Jonah was swallowed up, church. That way he was, so I call it the whale of disobedience. He was swallowed whole by the whale of disobedience because he did not do the word of the Lord, church. And in the same way, when we walk in our own ways, when we fail to follow God's instruction for our life, we too will be swallowed by someone or swallowed by something. It's inevitable. It's a promise, actually. You know, there's good promises and bad promises in the Word of God. When God speaks something, it can be a good promise and a bad promise. But those promises will all be fulfilled. And the reality is when we fail to walk in in God's instructions, we will be swallowed by someone or something. Some of us have been there. Some of us have been swallowed by guilt or by shame. Some of us have been swallowed by lack or by loss. Some of us have been swallowed by destruction or devastation, swallowed by poverty or pain, hurt or by by hunger, both spiritually and or physically, when we fail to obey the word of the Lord. The reality is when we disobey God, and I hope that you can grasp this, we will be swallowed by something. Disobedience has the power to swallow your marriage has the power to swallow your kids. It has the power to swallow your business. It has the power to swallow up your mind. It has the power to swallow up all of, all of the, the good things that God has in store for you. That's the power of disobedience, church. It has the power to consume us. And the truth is, when we fail to obey the Word of God, we cannot expect to be fed by God. 
When we fail to obey God, we can't expect to be fed by God. The reality is we'll become fish food instead. Noah, I mean, Jonah became fish food because he disobeyed. When he could have been been being fed by God, he became food instead. And the reality is, I'm not trying to make light of this or fun of this. We will either be fed by God or we will be food for the enemy. I don't know about you, but I want to be fed by God. I want to be nourished by God. I don't want to be food for the enemy or fodder for the enemy, but that's exactly what we become when we disobey the Lord. We give the enemy an opportunity to sweep into our life and swallow us up. If you're finding areas of your life, and I'm not preaching this in any condemning way, but if you're finding any area of your life that is being swallowed up, if your finances are being swallowed up, if your, if your marriage is being swallowed up, if your kids are being swallowed up, the first thing you have to do is see if you're disobeying God somewhere in your life. You have to ask, have I given access to the enemy? Am, have I, am I becoming food for the enemy? Because I'm disobeying God. Again, that's the power of disobedience, church. We have to, we have to, we cannot expect miracles and the supernatural power of God to be provided to us if we fail to obey. Because these can only be found in the place of obedience. These things that we've talked about can only be found in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan, church. Listen, why do you think so many people in the house of God are suffering and being swallowed by the enemy? It's because they're living in disobedience or they have an area of, in their life where they're disobeying God. As I wind this down and I begin to bring it to a close, in a book by Larry Smith called The Few and the Proud, in a drill instructor's own words, he describes the essential factors that the Marines use to shape new recruits into fighting men and women and says this, The very first thing a Marine learns is immediate obedience to orders. Because in a war, you haven't got time to debate the issue. You have to form in them an instant willingness to obey orders or someone will die. If they are to survive, they must obey, he says. That's in a drill instructor's own words. And just as the Marine is taught instant obedience through their training, so must we learn instant obedience at our Kareth Brook as well. Elijah had to learn obedience if God was to ever use him. He had to learn obedience if God was to keep him. He was to have to learn obedience if Ahab was to have no power over him. And we have to understand the same thing when God speaks and we don't obey. We open ourselves up to the enemy. If we don't instantly obey the word of the Lord, something in our life has the potential to die. It could be our finances, could be our mind, could be our family, could be our marriage, could be anything. We have to learn. We must train ourselves to understand, to hear the word of the Lord in our life. And when he speaks, we have to obey. Because if it can happen in the physical If it can happen in the natural, it can happen in the supernatural as well. We have to learn how to obey because we battle not against flesh and blood like the Marines, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, the Bible says. And without obedience, we'll never win the fight. Without obedience, we'll never overcome. 
without obedience, church, we will never find that place of supernatural sustenance, supernatural, I call it supernatural power, supernatural provision, and supernatural protection. All of those things took place at Kareth Brook because Elijah obeyed. Because uh, Elijah did what the Lord commanded him to do. He had a spirit of obedience about him, church. So please understand, if you want to win the war, we have to go back to last week's lesson and remember that part of God's instruction to Elijah was to hide himself away from the enemy. And the reality is, what he was telling him to do, before we even learned it this week, he was asking him to hide himself in the place of obedience. Because when we hide ourselves in this place of obedience, everything God has for us is made available. Supernatural provision, supernatural protection, and then the supernatural power that he would need to go out and do the great things God called him to do. Amen. We're not at that this week, but here's where I close. Without obedience, Elijah would have had neither provision or protection, and neither will we. He would have had neither of those and neither will we, church. But when we hide ourselves in God's Word, when we hide ourselves in the the place of obedience, we, just like Elijah, we will eat bread and meat in the morning. We will eat bread and meat at night. We will drink from the brook whenever we feel like it. And we will have supernatural divine protection from the enemy in our life. How many of you want that kind of protection? How many of you want, stand to your feet. How many of you want that kind of provision in your life? That's how we're going to close. If you want to eat bread and meat in the morning, you want to eat bread and meat in the evening, if you want to drink from the brook whenever you feel like it, church, then we have to be willing to obey. Amen?